Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Ben. And I'm Dak. And we are the guys who did this. And today we will be continuing with our last episode of Book One of the Expanse, Leviathan Wakes. We are ending it off here with chapters 50 through the epilogue. Brutal. Uh, warning, we will be covering adult subjects and discussing spoilers for both the books and the show. So that is your one warning. Many spoilers. Many spoilers. Are we going to do the show? Or are we going to do a watch through season one after this? Wow, that would be a lot. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> we should have been doing it this whole time, probably, actually. Yeah. Why have we not talked about that until right now? Next year. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, end of book one. It's been a, quite the journey. Quite the journey. It really has. How will, how will our boys, our beautiful boys, Miller and Jimmy, end up? Do you have any guesses? Pretty fine, I think. I mean, mm. relatively. Depends what you count as fine. Yeah, it definitely depends on what you count as fine. That's but, for sure. You know, yeah. they're, they're both in better places. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Relatively, relatively yep, speaking. Yep, yep, yep. All right. We start off our last book one episode with chapter 50. We are with Joso, Josophius, Josiah uh, Miller, our brave noble detective. And Miller has. Uh, I forget if we specifically, if Holden ended up calling him or Miller. Yeah, Holden reaches out to Miller, correct? At the end of the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He connects to Miller because he wants to, he wants to set off the nukes remotely. Oh yeah, he's trying to set them off remotely, and then Miller uh, <laughs> drops the uh, the 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 rhetorical bomb on him, yes. so to speak, uh, and tells him that he's still on arrows. So Miller confirms with Holden that he is indeed still on. Eros. Uh Holden is trying to like they like, hey dude, we'll come get you. Like, don't worry about it. We have a plan. Like we this is all good. And uh Miller just kind of like chills and is like not really responding a whole lot. Um and Holden kind of finally like like realizes what, what's going on and why Miller is there. Um and then they talk about, you know, Holden's like Okay, we're gonna try and figure out what to do, and then they hang up. And so it's not really much of a conversation. Um, but yeah, Holden not super into this whole thing immediately. This is very funny. Um, Miller has three hours left in his oxygen suit. Um, and I think Holden has like indicated that Eros is moving, and Miller thinks this is interesting because he can't feel it. And that is odd because normally when you are accelerating uh, in space, something we've dealt with in this book quite a bit, you're going to experience some G-force and he's feeling none of that. So that's a little Weird. odd. A little odd. Um, but he does, he can see that there's like asteroid, that there's little, I don't know what the exact correct term is. He can see that there's little like asteroid stuff like bouncing off the front of Eros or like a, from a certain like a part of Eros that he can see things like streaking past him. Um, so he, you know, he can tell from looking at that stuff that they are in fact moving. And those could get pretty dangerous soon. Uh, they could once they get going fast enough. Assumedly, they're going extremely fast already. 
So probably if one of those little micro asteroid hits him, he, he like just straight dies. Okay, but he big dead. But he's but he's alive still, so looking good. Um, so he he checks back into Arrow's feed. He's basically gonna leave up at the Arrow's feed like for the rest of our our show here, uh, except when he gets various calls from various people. And uh, he actually heads back to the ship to fill up some air to prep for his little journey that he is going to partake in. Uh, he has a nice existential laugh at how absurd the situation he is in mm-hmm. is, uh, which is good. It's always good to have a, a good laugh at the absurdity of life. Um, and he eats his ration bar, getting some food, and Julie, of course, a girl, is there, and she leans her head on his shoulder because that's, uh, that's very cute. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks to himself that, you know, after everything he's gone through in life, he, he's very harsh on himself here. Or he's very like, after everything that I've been through, all the pain and the suffering, I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's a little dramatic. Like, <laughs> you've been, like right. You haven't had a horrible life yet. I mean, you, you are very, a de- very depressed individual, but like, it's okay. You're, you know, I don't <laughs> know. There hasn't been that much pain and suffering, my dude. Um, compared to most or others at least. But um he thinks maybe that he's uh, you know, he's meant to be here after after all the trials and tribulations that he's been through. And Julie agrees that, you know, that that's a nice thought. And then we'll <laughs> we'll just have to agree on that. Um so after his little break, he begins hauling um some of the bombs that are that he's loaded onto a cart. Um out of the airlock, out of the ship. Um, and he gets another call, and this time it is from Naomi. And Naomi's just like, you know, we, we know Naomi is much more straight to the point uh, than Holden. And she just asks, you know, why, why are you there? What's going on, sir? Um, and, you know, he doesn't want to answer this. He knows what she's asking knows that he, he you know he knows that she knows that or he knows that she like already knows why he's there <laughs> um so he just kind of like talks about like what he's doing he's like yo i've got this nuclear bomb and we've got it on this little cart and i'm gonna haul it into the center and blow it up and then he kind of keeps going um doesn't really give her time to talk and um but after he kind of goes through his whole plan he's like okay yeah that makes sense that seems good um and then she lets him know that they have <laughs> you know, in case he gets murdered by the proto-molecule or something in there, or he's not able to get somewhere, uh, her and Amos have rigged up a dead man's switch thing situation where if Miller isn't holding this button down on this switch that she's going to kind of like set up for him, um, for five seconds, the, the bomb will go off. Five seconds seems pretty short. In my opinion, it doesn't give him a chance at all to do anything if uh, if he lets go of that. It's also pretty funny because they're basically like, we don't believe in you. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it is pretty smart. But yeah, at the same time, you're like telling this dude like, yeah, we don't we don't think you're going to make it. (laughs) Or there's a decent chance. Yeah, Yeah. that you die either way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird. um, 
I don't, it's a weird conversation that they are, that they just kind of have matter of factly, this would be like a very weird conversation. I think Naomi knows that he's already like accepted that he's ghost. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that makes it easier for her. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they have connected more than a lot of the other characters have with Miller. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Weird, weird conversation. Um, Naomi does uh, try to apologize about the situation before. Uh, and, you know, Miller is just Miller is Miller here. Uh, he's like, you know, it was a bad situation. We do what we had to do. Same as always. And Naomi says, same as always. And then it's uh, silent for a little bit. And then they, he hangs up. Um, that's, that's our goodbye to Naomi. <laughs> so very, um, very cute. Very cute. Very interesting. Those two could have been friends, maybe. Could have been friends, probably. But gone too soon. Um, <clears throat> so he gets back to pushing his cart uh, with his newly, or er, yeah, his newly installed kill switch, I believe, or maybe not yet. Maybe he's waiting um, until he gets in there. But Either way, he's, he pushes off towards one of the service hatches that he's going to use to get into Arrow Station. Um, and Holden calls him again. And throughout, like, through a lot of this time, Miller's doing a lot of, like, wow, look at how nice the sky is. And, like, wow, life is crazy. Like, he's doing a lot of, yeah, like, thinking about his life. Introspective, and, uh, existential yeah, uh, thoughts I, going on. It's hard to, like, go through those when I'm talking about this, but um yeah just to like summarize those things but uh so holden calls him again and holden again is like hey like wait a minute like hey we can try and do like an automated cart like we can do this and this and he's like you know it's not like miller's like doesn't matter we got a problem that's how we do it and holden finally is just like okay all right this is what you want to do then you can (laughs) do it and then um, Holden lets him know that they are working on just absolutely blowing up <laughs> the station as Love well. That. Um, so that's good. And then Holden asks, Miller's like, great, awesome, please blow it up. Um, and then Miller, or Holden asks if there's anything that he wants him to do after this is all. And Miller initially says no, and then he looks over at Julie, who of course is kind of floating next to him. Uh, and he says, wait a minute. Yes, there is a couple things. Julie's parents, they run Mal Kwiatkowski Mercantile. Yeah, them. Uh, they knew. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoot them. Shoot them like I shot Dresden. Um, no, and he says they knew that this was going to happen. Uh, so they must be bad. So make sure they don't get away with whatever they're, whatever they're doing. That's bad. And Holden says, okay, great. Definitely won't. And we know Holden will to that because he doesn't like people getting away with things that are bad um and um also he's like if you see them as well tell them that i'm sorry i didn't find her uh before all this and holden's like okay great um and then miller's just like so is there anything else i should be saying like i don't know and then he doesn't really have anything he's like okay that's it and uh holden is also like hey i'm sorry that this whole situation has ended up like this um, it's an interesting, you know, the way that the book says this, it wasn't an apology for what he'd said, done, or said. 
but for for what he'd chosen and refused. Um, so you know, neither of them are like sorry about the things that have happened. I don't think, but they're or neither of them are sorry about the choices that they've made. I think is what what it's trying to say. But obviously, the way that this has ended up has not been good for Miller. Specifically. Yeah, what's a damper on things? Although Miller like was trying to kill himself before that. Yep. Yep. With the original plan. True. But uh. True. Yeah, he was trying to go down with the ship, and then but now didn't. mid mid suicide, he has Holden and Naomi calling him instead of them not knowing. Right? Yeah, and it's definitely a weird situation. Yeah. So like ah, <laughs> this is we out of our ship, right? I and see. Now he's doing this. Yeah. Oh boy. Not. Yep. Not good. No. Um. So. They say their they say their goodbyes. Well, I mean, they don't really. They just kind of like end the conversation. Like, all right, <laughs> see you. I mean, uh... yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You too. And yeah. he hangs up, and he turns the arrow's feet right back on. Uh, Gotta watch it, man. Like his I'll Twitter. Listen. And the arrow's feet is quiet, soft hushing, like fingernails scratching down an endless sheet of paper. Um, and he. Gets the hatch door open, uh, I believe, and he heads into the dark hallway with the lights on the cart and his helmet, and he goes into Eros Station. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, lots of feelings. Lots of. That's a big feelings chapter. Miller going yeah. through it. It's, it's, as one does. As one does, man. I mean, it's got to be a strange range of emotions here, right? Because he like basically thought he was going to die. It was trying to right. die and then right. doesn't die. And uh, now, yeah. yeah, he's seeing Julie. He's, he's got to go blow up Eros. He's there's a lot of stuff going on. He's got a whole nother thing he's got to do. He's going a lot through a lot of a lot of crap. He truly, if there's anyone that's ever gone through it, it's, it's, it's Miller. Miller it's sure. Miller. He's got people calling him who kicked him off their ship. He's got They're like, hey, uh, you know, like, I know you're trying to kill yourself, but <laughs> need you to do this other thing that if you fail doing it, it will also kill you. So that would yeah. be great. Thank you. Um, yep. Yep. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Interesting but stuff. Uh, things go up for him. I don't know. I well, <laughs> he, he gets what he wants. I don't. I don't know. Does he? Kinda right. He kinda kinda. I mean, we'll we can talk oh, about okay. it later. But yeah. Well. Back in the the most important person in the galaxy, Mr. James Holden, false on on the Rosie, uh, they're they're doing some high G's. There, he's he's sitting there thinking about all the the risks of high G's, um, noting that like yeah, the human body is like a time bomb when you're under high G. It just puts more stress on it, and things that may not not necessarily not necessarily have been problems like a, a blood clot that may have formed in forty years will. Will find will find itself real quickly when you put it under seven G's of stress, um, and like your eyes can get oblonged and your lungs can collapse and all sorts of fun things. He's thinking about as they're doing five or six G's here, uh, which is yeah, and that's just a lot. So I know they have like the crash couches, which are supposed to kind of absorb the acceleration, but man, like I don't know if you ever even felt like one or two G's, like. 
Like, that'd be a crazy amount. So if you're 1G, that means, like, you're feeling your normal pressure lying down. But, like, 5Gs, five times. So that's, uh, if you're 200 pounds, like moi, then uh, you'd be 1,000 wow, pounds. Dude, get out of here. <laughs> then you'd be 1,000 pounds. Imagine being 1,000 pounds. That yeah. would, that would, it literally, like, a horse sitting on you, which. It's possible for a human on Earth, right? What? Has there been a thousand pound human on Earth? No, no, definitely not. Well, I don't know. there's Has been my six hundred pound life. Either know, way, it's uh, that it, the record. Um, I think it's like seven hundred. Are you looking to look I'm it up? Go, I mean, I right. also don't think that's the same because it's just distributed more, and not all the weight is in the same place. I don't know. I'm making excuses. And also those people can barely like wow stand. What? What's the most? Yes. 1,080. 974. It's a lot of weight. A lot of weight. Um they're definitely bedridden then. Oh, yeah. Like uh and yeah, and then also probably a lot of health problems. So yeah, it's it's not good. Also, I don't think it's the same because it's oh. not like November 2016. What do you mean? They died? 1,105 pounds. There you go. We've done it, people. Yeah, it just puts oh. a lot of stress on the body to go that He's high. Really and screaming. Absolutely unreal. But, uh, so they're, they're, they're still chasing after Eros. They're at 5G, climbing up to 6G. If they keep going, like they said, Holden was thinking about, they're going to they're gonna either die or be seriously injured. Um, so Holden's kind of going over through this in his head like am i gonna sacrifice my crew here uh during this naomi shoots him a message because they can't really talk because they're under so much g saying we can't keep this up um holden responds and says fred has a plan we need to be in range and she's naomi's just like uh what plan and uh he has she has holden there because there is no real plan at this point <laughs> fred just is like keep close um but then at that moment Fred calls them over the comm system. Naomi forwards it over. Um, and first, Fred's just like, how you doing? And Holden's like, what the hell, dude? We're under like 7G, about to die. And you're like going through formalities, uh, which is just funny to think about. As <laughs> This guy's like getting crushed and this other dude's like doing like greetings to him. I like that. I like that a lot. I like Fred's style. Um, but apparently... Earth is going to launch their entire nuclear arsenal at Eros, which is also just an hilarious move. Um, like, I understand it's an existential threat that, like, if this thing hits the Earth, it's going to kill it. But, like, every single nuke, do we need to send every single nuke at Eros? Like, you take no risks. It's, it's insane. So, yeah, they're sending the entire nuclear arsenal at Eros. The problem is they don't have a way to target it. But... They do have the Rossi, and the Rossi can paint the targeting laser at it, um, so the missiles know where to go. Because remember, Eros is, um, I don't know what to call it, radar dark. They can't, it can't be seen on any radar, so right. they they need the Rossi to target it. Uh, Reds, like, I know I'm asking you to die here, but we got to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, again, funny it's to not think exactly about. Crazy. Really exactly, that's almost exactly what you say. He's just like, Well, I'm, well, yeah, yeah, and you guys have to die. Like, that's there's no other option here. Sorry, yeah. like, we need you to just, if possible, 
we need you to just set the Rossi in autopilot. <laughs> yeah. If you die, it's still got to be going. So you we die, you it. die. It's also like, yeah, I don't know. We, well, I'll talk about it when they come up with the other solution later. But um, yeah, so Holden thinks like, dude, what the hell, man? You're asking us to die, but then just says, I'll think about it and cuts the connection. Um, and then shortly after this, Holden does think about it and is like, I'm not killing my crew. And Naomi, my one true love for <laughs> for uh, Earth, which is wild for Holden. I always thought of him as Mr. Noble. Um, and yeah, so he, he cuts the engine, does the apparently has an engine cutoff switch in his chair because he doesn't have to tell Alex to uh, cuts the engine and then is like basically like whining to Naomi about man i couldn't save earth i'm such a loser <laughs> and then um naomi is like yo stop crying we got to figure out how we can still help you without <laughs> without killing ourselves uh and holden's like all right all right and also reflects on man we we spent so much time like exploring the galaxy and setting up ice trade routes and and stuff uh, but we we haven't developed tech to be able to survive without the home planet, uh, which is an interesting thought. But also weird because I thought they kind of could survive. Like in this, he's like reflecting, like, yeah, Mars will survive for a little, and I'm sure the belt will survive for a while, but like eventually they'll die. Which I thought they were kind of self-sustaining, but apparently not because they have Ganymede, they have they have a way to grow food, and they have a way to get water. So like maybe they can't keep everyone alive, but. It Do seems don't they, they need to like import oxygen. Ooh, maybe. But I thought they, yeah, that maybe. But I thought they could like separate that from water. Um, but that could be true. But, they talk about it really early in the book a little bit, and they mention certain things that, like some of the things that get traded that off of. But it seems Earth like Earth would still have oxygen that they could like steal from it. I don't know. Like yeah, I understand, true. like. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it later in Science Tuesday. Like, this would be, and what happens in the later books. But, um, like, if, if Arrows did hit the Earth and it, like, kills everyone, like, maybe the, the Earth is unhospitable, but, like, you could still, like, I guess maybe if all the... Place. You could still, like, gather stuff from it, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it makes it really inhospitable when you can't even, like, go down there. But... I mean, we know that. I mean, I, they're worried that the proto molecule is gonna. Oh, that is also true because the proto molecule is gonna kill yeah. all yeah. the things. All right, I'm on board then. I'm back problem. on board. Forgot yeah. about the proto molecule part of the. That of one the little. That one Weird. little bit. Odd. Uh, huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, it would have been wild if the proto molecule hit Earth. Who knows? That. Wow, you sound like Dresden. <laughs> we gotta see for science. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't uh, it be wouldn't it be so fun if hear me everyone out. on our side we had an alien life form take over everyone? Life finds a way. Yeah, that would have been cool. Life finds a way. Um then the the Ravi, the the what's it called? UNN Corvette calls. Uh it's Mr. McBride, the captain. It's Mrs. McBride. Mrs. McBride. It's Captain McBride. Oh, wow. uh, nice. he asked oh. why they stopped holden says he, he just did it again <laughs> oh well mrs mcbride asked why they stopped and uh holden is basically like we didn't want to die <laughs> so 
Uh, so then McBride is like, well, I guess I'll ask my superiors what we're going to do. Uh, and just sits there, which is nice. But then uh, Holden noticed that the Ravi turned its uh, transponder on and they could see it on the radar as a threat. And then Holden has this miracle idea of what if we just use the ships that are on Eros transponders to guide the missiles, uh, which I think is is kind of like like maybe this is hindsight, like everyone is like, oh, yeah, why didn't I think of that great idea when people have it? But it also seems like a pretty simple idea that maybe somebody else should have thought of. Seems extremely obvious. Um, seems Holden, smart as he is. Like, we have the foreshadowing, but, like, it seems like someone would have been like, ah, okay, what can we use to track the missiles? Those ships that are on Eros? No. We, we need to kill the people on the Rossi. I don't know. It just seems like... There's a lot of smart people on Tycho Station. Seems like they could have, like, logic that out. You know, we didn't even think of this. Right, like, it's weird. It's also, yeah, it's funny that Holden thinks of this. Who's not usually the main, like, big idea guy. I mean... Normally, this would normally be Miller telling Holden, yo, use this. Or normally being like, hey, those, there are ships there. Like, let's use them. And somehow, Holden does it. Which, hey, good for him. I'm glad. Yeah. He does it. Um, and he, yeah. I just don't understand how no one, yeah, specifically on Tycho Station, thought of this at it all. Seems fairly simple. Like again, maybe we're like, like everybody can be like, ah, why didn't I think of that like patentable idea? But like this is this does seem like super obvious that anyone, someone should have thought of. But hey, you know we need to move the story along and make it seem like stopping was a bigger deal than it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah. So they, they come up with this awesome plan, uh, and then uh, Miller calls. And, oh, actually, first before that, let's, let's back it up. Let's back it up. Uh, Ravi sends, says they have orders to keep chasing it. Uh, Holden is like, yeah, probably don't do that unless you want to die, because we have a better plan. Um, and then... They uh they get a call from Mr. Miller, who says we have a problem, which is uh not good, but also could mean anything because there was there was many problems before Miller last called last time. Like, like is it a bigger problem than arrows hitting Earth? Like, probably not. Hard, hard. <laughs> a bigger problem than that, in my humble opinion. Yeah, lots of calling, lots of calling in these chapters because. Well, they're Everyone's talking to each other, but they're not by each other. They're really so. far away. Mm. Yep. 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 Yeah, I'm excited. Miller so, calls and says, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, that's what happened. Great. So we get to our next Miller chapter. And he it's back in is time. Doing his thing. Yeah, we do a little a mini flashback to before Miller before calls. Miller calls. And says, We have a problem. And Miller is pushing his little bomb cart through Aero Station, and he's actually stuck at a door that is closed. Is this I, the problem? I hate when this happens. Who's I to know? Whenever you get to a door and it's closed, but you're carrying a kill switch that will <laughs> blow up after five seconds, so you can't use both your hands to open the door. Sorry, I was okay, doing so. that in the tone of the, I think you should leave. Yes. Uh, sketch, which is the best. 
Um, <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, he's trying to open the door, but he can only use one hand at a time, or he can only uh, try to open it for more for less than five seconds because he's got to put his finger back on this button so that he doesn't nuke himself. Yes. Um, not a good situation. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Um, the, to note the, the hallway that he's in and the door he's trying to open are covered in that fun proto-molecule black sludge. It's kind of like tree barky and there's little weird things moving in and around it. Um, and there's also these little blue firefly floaters that uh, are floating around and they're getting on him and it's gross. Um, and yeah, so I mean, there's just, it's it's proto molecule head to toe right now, so not good. Um, so he he what he does to get past the door um, is he uses the um, the very good idea of having the kill switch using his terminal to like wedge it uh, against something on the cart to make it so that the button stays pressed down while he's not holding it. Um, nice. So that's his, uh, that's his defeats explanation. the purpose of the kill switch. Definitely defeats the purpose of the kill switch. Yep. Like, <laughs> why did we do this? Uh, they should have just put a button where if he held it down for five seconds, it blew up. Well, no, because no, I guess we can't do that. Yeah. It should have just gave him more time. Like, what's the? It would it be a big deal if it blew up a minute later, as opposed to five seconds after he died? Like, yeah, probably, probably not. 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 <laughs> a minute seems like. Because what's going to happen? Is the nuke going to go anywhere? No. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, but unless he dies like a minute from <laughs> Earth. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, this kills what you got one millisecond, yeah. and then it blows. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, so he, he wedges it in and it's working and he can use both hands to pry open this door and he goes into a new hallway and it's even grosser than the previous hallway that he's in. Um, and he gets, he makes his way forward um, into a big one of the Eros casino uh, areas and everything's like broken and destroyed and weird. A lot of the tables are covered in this like clear do stuff um something you've got up the walls and out of the ceiling you've got like the long black rib like structures that are going up along uh this area with hairs coming off them that glow it's not good it, this stuff is not good <laughs> people um and he is just kind of freaking out generally something gray uh, about the size of a softball flies past him uh, and he sees also sees like something scuttle off into a corner. Um, and this is where kind of Miller realized that like there's no people here. Uh, and that like all the people that were here that died are literally are this goo. Um, and he like freaks a little, little bit, <laughs> which <laughs> probably understandable. Um, and Julie is there to the rescue. And she's like, you're okay. You're gonna be fine. Um, she puts her hand on his very, very good of her. Thank you, Julie. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, he starts to think about where the control center 
or whatever is controlling Eros could be. Um, he turns arrow feed, arrow speed. The arrow speed, as he does this, kind of livens up with more voices. Um, and yeah, he he has a little bit of a mini idea. He checks the temperature on his suit, and it's pretty hot. It's like twenty seven degrees Celsius, I believe. Is that <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then he goes to the hallway. He goes and checks the hallway, and it's like a little bit cooler. And he's like, hmm, okay, I'm gonna go where it's warmer, and we're gonna go from there. We're gonna try and we're gonna try and find the center of this area. And we kind of flash forward a little bit, and he's listening to Eros, and Eros is just repeating over and over, "She's mine, she's mine, she's mine, she's mine." And uh, Miller is kind of like confused but he just he's like talking back to eros it's a little he's a little delirious at this point yeah um and then it says catch me if you can cocksuckers i am gone and 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 it repeats that over and over and over um and miller continues to make his way in and around the casino and hallway areas um and he make he gets he gets away from the casino area actually a little bit and uh it's like looking a little bit more normal uh, he sees more of the little small thingies that are crawling around. Um, one actually crawls on his cart. He and he knocks it off, and he realizes that it's a it's a severed hand that is crawling around. Um, Brutal. Yeah, this wasn't in the he, show at all. I kind of nope. wish it was, but it would have been very cool. Very, it would have been a fun little horror bit. Um, yeah, I don't think they have the budget for this. No. But, um, no. Yeah, it would have been great if they did. They had season four money. And season five money, they absolutely yeah would have been able to do it. But um, yeah, it it it's in the book. It says that his mind is screaming, <laughs> mm. but he it, he can like he just doesn't care about that anymore. He's just able to like push it down and ignore it, which I guess is probably something you can do when you're good work close to yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're this far gone, um, <clears throat> and um. Yeah, he checks the temperature. It's gone up about half degrees. So he's like, okay, cool. Background radiation also going up. Not good for him. Um, but he's already been. But it means he's getting closer. Radiated. So yeah, he thinks that it must be getting closer. And that he must be getting closer. So he thinks a little bit about the way that human history shapes the past or the, the, the yeah, human history shapes the present and future. And he's looking around at how the portal molecule has redesigned uh, Eros and. Uh, He's like, wow, uh, it, you know, it's it's redesigning the walls in the space, but it's not, you know, it can't change the structure of Aero Station. So everything that was done in the past is influencing the future. And then he realizes that he's like, he's been thinking about this for like a long time. Um, and he doesn't really know how long he's been stuck in his own thoughts. Eros again is saying gone and gone and gone and gone. And Julie tells him to get moving again. Um, and Miller's suit dings, but he's only got an half an hour of oxygen left, which is not a lot of oxygen. <clears throat> and he shuts off the warning because he's a badass. <laughs> like, no, I don't care. <laughs> um, and he gets to, he has been making his way to an area up between levels that he knows is like a place where if you're transporting stuff from lower levels to upper levels, that's, there's like certain areas that you do that uh, at, yeah. which are called a transfer station. Um, and he gets to this transfer station, uh, and it's like very overgrown and like thick, 
with with proto molecule nastiness. Um, the Aerospeed says you can't take the razor back, <clears throat> and he continues forward, wandering around looking looking for whatever it is he thinks he's looking for. Um, and then he Julie is floating in front of him as he continues down a new hallway. She's just kind of floating and uh, waiting in there. And she says, how does it know? And Miller, boom, tech detective mode. He's back <laughs> in it. He's like, wait a minute. You're right. What is going on? And then the way in the book, I love, I, I love how they talk about this. He's like, Julie, her expression was grave. How does it know, she asked. Miller paused. Every now and then, all through his career, some daydream witness would say something, use some phrase, laugh at the wrong thing, and he'd know that the back of his mind had a new angle on the case. This was that moment. Nice. So love that. Detective Miller, back on the case, baby. Um, you can't take the razor back, Arrow said again. Um, and then he thinks about the protomolecule and the initial, you know, what we, know, what we know now about how it came into the solar system. We know that it couldn't steer because it got caught. Because it was trying to get to Earth, True. and it got caught by Saturn, caught by a moon. Um, and so how is it moving now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, what's driving it? And ju- this is like, technically, you know, Mil- this is assumedly going on in Miller's head, but it's Julie is the one saying this. Her mouth is not moving. Um, and Miller said it didn't need to navigate. Um, and then Julie's like, well, how, why is it going to Earth? How does it know to go to Earth? Where did that information come from? It's talking. Where did that grammar come from? Who is the <laughs> voice of Eros? And then Miller <gasps> thinks a little bit. And then he thinks about what Eros has been saying. You can't take the razor back. It has actually, he puts that together. Is that no. You can't take the razor back. <laughs> the name of Julie's ship. <clears throat> and then gone and gone and gone. And then Miller's like, oh, the protomolecule. So protomolecule, you know, it's not like a thing that has like a brain, but it has taken over. It's building off the minds of the people that it has like absorbed, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that it has essentially absorbed Julie, Julie, her brain in some way. And that is what's guiding it back to earth so this is when he calls holden and he says that they have a problem which again i think you're right i think there was already a big problem (laughs) but this actually seems like less of a problem this seems like oh it seems like a good thing (laughs) they just wanted to be ominous like miller should have been like i have a new solution not (laughs) and i honestly has a solution not a problem right yeah i don't know seems weird Uh, yeah it's uh, it's great, good stuff. Detective Miller, Detective Miller, he's on the last, case. One last detectiveing that he's done. <laughs> the last case. The last, the last case. Yeah, <laughs> he did it. And he Amazing. gets more motivation now because Julie isn't dead. Well, kind of. See, and, okay. Uh, I actually, can we talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. She's 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 fucked. Like she's not alive. No, it's like, definitely like one of those things. Well, like Miller later, I think it's like the protomolecule is reconstructed and like exactly. made basically. I it's a it's a weird thought because they basically they kind of like re her conscious 
like she's not conscious they just like reused her brain it'd be like if you like downloaded yeah, yeah, somebody's no, conscious totally, totally. so it's but from from our perspective or like from the outside perspective i guess it's her right like if you copied me and then killed me like everyone else would be like that's dak but yeah no straight up this is the what's that what's that um shit What's that? What's that thing that just we they just talked about it in WandaVision? Vision talked about it in WandaVision. No idea. Um, Can't tell the you. ship of Theseus. The ship of Theseus. Oh yeah, if you rebuild Museum. it, when if is you it, have uh... the, if the ship's in the brain, but you if you replace every piece over the years with new pieces, when does it become the new the ship? ship? Yeah, or is it a new ship or is it yeah. the same ship? So yeah, is this a new Julie or is it the same Julie? This one's a little well, no, because it is new parts. It's like totally new parts, and they had the the proto molecule has the blue, yeah. blueprint. From my understanding, it's more like a copy to me. From from what I understand about the protomod, <laughs> it's it's more like they constructed when they're building up. They're building up based on her brain, kind of. So they like kind of constructed a new Julie's brain. Although but if they like, make her brain the exact same, right? Which again, it doesn't make sense. Like that. Well, it's it kind of like the whole like brain. yeah, the whole Star Trek um beaming up thing because they. They break them down to atoms, then reset atoms back in the same form. So they're essentially killing those people right. and building copies every time, which is hilarious yeah. to think about. Yeah, and like um, that magician movie from like 2005 or whatever. The, no idea what you're talking about there. Oh, you know, with, with Scar Joe and uh, Hugh Jackman. No. Bale. I have no idea. Never Literally seen none. Nope. Where they're magicians dueling. It's a really great movie. No, that seems wild. That seems, it yeah, seems like, like you're making this like, up. He does like the disappearing act. And the twist at the end is that he's actually killing Every himself. time he does it, he's killing. Yeah. His like old he, self. One of them. Yep. And then there's a new one. Or he's making a clone of himself and then killing the clone immediately. Yeah. That's, That's great. Cool. I, like I just that. gave away. I gave away the whole movie. Hopefully no one wanted spoilers. <laughs> hey, we said spoilers. The 2005 movie. Huge. Hocus Pocus. Magician. It's gonna be like this. Uh, the Prestige. You never seen The Prestige? No. I've, now oh, that you dude. say that, it sounds kind of familiar, but no, I haven't. Great movie. Great movie. Good stuff. Wow. What a waste of cloning humans to just to just be like, look, I can do this disappearing magic trick. Not like, hey, I looked, I cloned myself. Like that seems like it'd be way more useful, and you oh. could get way more notoriety. You'd think. But okay, whatever. He's trying to be the best magician. This dude's. Hugh this Jackman dude, versus like, Christian Bale. This dude like discovered like cold fusion and was like, I can do a magic trick. I, yeah, I don't know. Dude, Correct. Christian Bale is stepping, like, you know, he's showing him up. He's got a, he's got a, he's using he's a major scientific advancement for, <laughs> for magic, whatever, uh -huh. for his magic show. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, should we get back to the real hero of the story, Mr. James Holden? Every time. We pick, we pick right up yeah. where pick we left bit. off with uh, Miller having a problem. Uh, so right off the bat, Miller has Holden check his vitals and, and signs. And this is just <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I love, I love this so much. Imagine yeah. some, somebody comes up to you and is like, hey, I'm not crazy, right? And before, before I tell you this, I, I'm not nuts, right? You agree? Yeah, he's... He basically sends holding his vital signs and is like, I look fine. Like, I don't look like I should be hallucinating, huh? 
<laughs> or maybe crazy. And I, need to, I need to lead off a lot more conversations like that. Like, hey, like even like I'm not I don't I'm not one to, to hallucinate, right? right. Like you know, right? Yeah. Why? Got this thing. <laughs> and then proceeds to tell a story. Yeah. So then after they get a straight holding degrees that he looks pretty all right for a, a dude who's gonna die. Um, Miller's like, okay, what if I told you <laughs> Julie is alive and she's driving Eros? And then Holden's like, man, we saw her dead. Um, she's, she's dead. She's 100% dead. Her brain wasn't moving. Her, she, her heart wasn't beating. She's dead. Um, but then Miller, which makes a good point, he's like, but since when does the proto-molecule play by our rules? Uh, which is honestly a good comeback. Um, and then Holden's kind of like, all right, maybe. But we still want you to set off that bomb if, <laughs> if this doesn't work. Um... But Miller explains he's going to try to convince her not to crash into Earth. He's like, if this is actually Julie, my Julie, which is concerning language. Um, oh, yeah, it's really concerning language. I don't get it. Very weird. You have not met this person. I've never met her. It, we're going to get the meeting soon, though, which is great. Disturbing. But very disturbing. Um, yeah, so Holden's like, fine, but just so you know, there's every single nuke that Earth has <laughs> coming at you and going to hit you in 25, 27 hours, uh, which is, I mean, they could, Miller kind of already knew like something like this was happening, but it's <laughs> pretty big bomb to drop on him, <laughs> literally, um, that, yeah, he's going to blow up in 27 hours no matter what. Um, so Miller's like, okay. But I still want to do this. And then Holden starts to like kind of come on his side. He's like, okay, do you need any more time? Like, what do you need? And uh, Miller's like, well, uh, I could probably use some more time. Uh, and which is hilarious. I, I don't understand how Miller stays up this long either. Because it takes forever to find Julie. But adrenaline. Your adrenaline and drugs. I think it says he was getting drugs too, maybe. But. I mean, if you gave me 27 hours to do something, like, giving me another day, or I don't, I feel like I'm not, that's not going to help. But he has that dead man switch, too, because he can't, he can't, like, take a nap or anything. He's just on, like, a amphetamine bender, I yeah. guess. He's, he's feeling it. Uh, which you might as well, right, if you only have, like, if I only have 48 hours to live, might as well stay up the whole oh, time man. on amphetamines. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, so, Miller's going to go on his amphetamine uh so uh hide and seek journey to find julie um and holden's gonna go try to get uh miller some more time so we can actually find julie uh after naomi's like uh why are we trying to help miller now like you trust miller now like you hated this dude before um because holden asked naomi like how much time can we gain if we like send these things on a curve instead of right at uh right at eros um, and Holden kind of retorts like, hey, this guy's a good detective. Like, he may be sounding crazier now, but he knew the name of my ship without even meeting me, <laughs> which is <laughs> is pretty good. He's right. Um, so Holden settling, setting aside his differences, uh, to, to believe in Miller. Truly, like, this guy's the best. Can we all agree? Uh, <laughs> and it, it's really funny because he's, Holden said, Naomi, you're the one who was telling me Miller was right. And then she's like, that wasn't a blanket statement. This dude isn't right every single time. Uh, which is hilarious. Love it. I love all of it. Um, so then they, they get in contact 
uh, with Fred and try to come up with this this plan on how to how to get the missiles in their control because right now they're they're basically just following that beacon and they they the team the team of Fred and them have no control over them. That's the UN is guiding them to the the ships that uh, that Holden turned on the transponder for. Uh, so they come up with this plan that I honestly don't understand, to be honest. Like, uh, they're gonna do a fake attack on the missiles, and then when the missiles, like, go offline to, like, try to stop the attack, then they're gonna actually get the missiles. Uh, that's, that's the best way I can explain it. I don't know if you have a better way of, uh, explaining that one. I truly also don't It seems know. like a little, like, movie hacking hubbub thing, like... You know, like, we're going to hack into the mainframe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand how this is going to work, but it, it seems to work. They seem to have it down. Yeah, but I think that's essentially it. They're going to do a fake attack, and then when they, like, set the... They're going to, like... I, from what I understand, they, like, turn them offline to stop the attack, but then they can't communicate them with the nukes, so then Red's team is going to communicate with them and take control over them. Um... Lots of leaps in logic here, but we're just going to go with it. So, they're just before you start leading the missiles off course, we're going to launch a massive hacking attempt from multiple locations right. on the missiles. A, I don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> so they'll assume an enemy is trying to trick them and shut down mid-flight reprogramming, Fred says. Perfect. Yes, I told them. <laughs> We'll tell them we're going to trick them so they stop listening. And once they're not listening, we'll trick them again. So, um, yeah. why has no one else ever done this? If this it's is the pretty if this is something you can do with a nuke, then why are nukes even used anymore? Right? Like, I don't. Yeah, it seems like a pretty weird loophole, but. They do this with 3,800 nukes or whatever. Yeah, pretty, pretty weird. Like but, no three thousand uh, four hundred nukes, no problem. We can just we can just take over them and yeah, do something else with them. Seems odd. I agree. Yeah. Uh. So that's what they're gonna do. Uh. Fred is convinced. One, because he gets a bunch of freaking nukes, and I, two, I actually love how easily Fred is convinced every time Holden has <laughs> a ridiculous plan. Same I know. Miller. Holden's like, all right, we need to go to Toth Station and just fuck him up. Miller, Fred's like, okay. I'm in. <laughs> Miller, and then Miller's like, okay, we need to shoot the Nauvoo at Eros. Miller, Fred's like, say no more. <laughs> and then Holden's like, okay, we'll take over the nukes and then you can just have all of them. And Fred's like, yes. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, that every time Fred's just like, okay. Sounds no good to here. me. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, honestly, and Holden also here promises Fred the the proto molecule if he does this. Uh, so he gets that too. But yeah, just just wild. He's like, all right. Uh, so Miller thinks he can talk to the proto molecule now. So we want to hack all these nukes. <laughs> like, just a wild statement. Fred just like, yeah. Uh, so that's that's I good. I see nothing wrong with this. Um. So yeah, they're they're getting. Getting Miller more time to do his thing, and also Fred gets a bunch of nukes, uh, which is will be key later. Um, actually, oh, not to like five books later, but you know, better late than never. Really um, never. so yeah, 
then they give one last call to Miller, letting them know, hey, you're getting more time. Um, and Miller, and this is where we get the famous, the famous Venus line. Uh, Miller's like, where, where are we going to, where should I tell her to take it? And Holden's like, tell her you can have Venus, uh, which is great because it actually freaking happens. A throwaway line that Holden is joking about. Uh, Miller actually does. I, but he jokes about it so many times. Like, Miller's like, okay, I have this giant station, arrows. Like, what should I do with it? <laughs> like, why, why is Holden joking? Why is Holden joking right now? Yeah, it seemed a lot of, a lot of later events could have been avoided if they plunged this thing into the sun. Sun, baby. Sun. The sun. But no, they just throw it into Eros. Or sorry, they throw it into Venus. Miller's like, okay, yeah, Venus. Thanks, Holden. Great idea. And Holden's like, haha, yep. All right. Yep. See ya. Good luck. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, weird stuff. Holden. Holden has multiple brilliant ideas and then just tells Miller to throw it in the Venus. And Miller, who is psychologically extremely fucked up right now, also can like barely walk, uh, is like, okay, thank you for giving, thank you for telling me the plan. Excellent. I will just do that and not think about it. It'll be great. Yeah, it's great stuff. Amazing. Uh, amazing. So we flip back to our um, our Doom Miller detective. Um, Eros is repeating, "I don't," and "I don't," muttering that. Uh, it says that it's Julie Mao talking in her sleep. "I don't," and "I don't," and "I don't." Uh, Miller is made his way to. He's made his way to a medical bay, and he and he's looking through a drawer and he finds some more oxygen. He finds a little oxygen thing, and he stabs it in his suit. He doesn't stab in a suit. He like connects it to a suit, and uh, he fills up. He's got four more hours of oxygen, uh, and he's he's officially tracked four spots with his four hotspots, carrying his bomb card along. And uh, no such luck. He has not found Julie. Uh, Imagination Julie, however, has disappeared, which is uh, hashtag not cool in his opinion. Yeah, what the he heck? Misses, he misses her. Um, Ghosting him. She's always been around. Yeah, true. Literally ghosting him. Literally in more ways. Can't than even one. give him the common courtesy of telling him his Brutal. breath smells. I don't know. Brutal. And ghost smell breath. Unreal. Okay. Bigger question for another time. What? Um. And he oh, he ghosts. feels he feels ghosts. like trash. He feels bad. He's tired. He's sore. He's not thinking clearly. He keeps getting lost in his own thoughts. Um, but he continues on, he continues to like look uh in places where he thinks there might be dead bodies. Um, you know, places like the morgue, a police station, a bio lab, med bay. Uh, but he is unable to find her. Um, and he's getting a little frustrated. And as he gets frustrated, there's a little silver flash above him, and it's they a bunch of these little firefly thingies combined together. And they form the outline of one James Holden. <gasps> and he looks like Julie, but he's in ghost form. Interesting. Nice. Um, he doesn't really know if he's real or not. <laughs> uh, and he says that, Miller, you can't stop here. And he's like, I don't know where she went. Holden's like, she never went. And uh, dun, dun, dun. 
<laughs> and that's what hold it says. Um, and then Miller looks at him more, and then he transforms into Havelock, and then he trans then he transforms into Mus Moose. Forgot how to pronounce her last name. Um, and he thinks about how the portal molecule scientists um, from Julie's they, from Julie trying to get the proto molecule from Julie must have moved her body like a safe room or something uh, so that they wouldn't have to move her again because you wouldn't obviously want to move uh, the you wouldn't want to move Miss proto molecule around uh, <laughs> until you're ready to like spread it everywhere um, and now uh, floating ghosty Octavia Moose is talking to him. Um, She's like, you know, these scientists, you know, they were like committing a crime, so they wouldn't have wanted to be found because the arrows cops have been like, what, what the actual fuck are you doing with this body? Um, so he's like thinking about like, where would they keep this body if they got it, or where would they stash her? And he's like, you know, and Octavia Mush says they probably keep it close to um, the casino area where they needed to deploy all these things, but somewhere where they no one could find it. And Miller just kind of logics out like, hmm, maybe they kept her in the emergency environmental control facility that <laughs> that is that you wouldn't go in unless it's an emergency. Um, and Octavia's like, yes, nice. That's got to be it. And then she uh, smiles at him and she transforms into Julie briefly and then disappears. So. That's his new plan, is to go to this emergency environmental control facility um, egged on by a weird ghost of one of his former colleagues. So uh, he's like, yep, I think this is great. This is, the best, this is the best plan I got. So fast forward, and it's been 33 hours since Miller realized that Julie is kind of alive still and is controlling arrows. Um, he has gotten to the emergency environmental control facility, and he feels like a scuba diver. He's going into these areas. There's like loops and spirals, and they, it's like moss hanging down from the walls and ceiling. The blue floating lights are so thick that they're like all over him, and they're, he's like walking, he's like brushing them aside to go through them. He can hear... What he thinks is water flowing somewhere close by. I don't know if that is water or not, but you can hear it flowing. Um, and he gets in and he he finds Julie. She's in this like hazmat node thing, which is calling. I was guessing it's just some sort of like container. Um, and there's little tiny points of blue light that cover all. They're all over her skin. The bone spur like thingies that were growing on her ribs and spine are essentially like growing out and into the station and all the nastiness around her. Um, she has like no legs. They just dark webbing that has also just kind of meshes right into all of the portal molecule around her. Um, so she's, she, there she is. Um, she's here. Um, and Miller is like, wow, she's like a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, because she has no legs, assumedly. Very yeah. funny, Miller. Very, it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, and her eyes are closed, but Miller can see them moving. And he can also see that she's breathing. Weird. Not Miller in the story. Um, 
And Miller's like absolutely sobbing at this point. Like he can't handle it. Um, and he asks Julie to wake up. And she kind of like tries to push him away. And she's like, ugh. And uh, eventually, and she says like, no. <laughs> and then eventually she, she does open her eyes. And her eyes have like swirls of black and red. They're not like human eyes. Um, and she asks, where am I? And he says that, uh, you're, you know, we're on Eros. And then Julie's like, who are you? <laughs> and he, he explains who he is. He's, you know, I'm a cop, blah, blah, blah. I was, asked, I was trying to find you, kidnap you. And um, they kind of, like, talk about that for a second. And then um, Julie's like, something, you know, she's talking kind of to herself, to him. But she's like, something happened to me. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> Maybe. And she says, I'm scared. And uh, which fair I would be probably uh, in her situation. Um, and Miller's like, it's all right, it's all right, you're good. And Julie says that she dreamed that she was racing, um, which makes sense based on what we have heard mm-hmm. from Eros. Um, and he's like, yeah, you got to stop, you got to stop dreaming of racing. Um, <laughs> and uh, she opens her eyes again, and a glowing blue tear falls from one of her eyes that miller miller also again just freaking out too at this point he's like hey can you hold this please and he gives her the dead man switch he's like do not <laughs> let go of that button wild <laughs> do not let go of it <laughs> and um he takes off his environmental suit um oh no interesting and he immediately can feel the proto molecules start to burrow into his skin and next and into his eye, like around his eyes. Um, but he doesn't care. He just doesn't care anymore. Um, and he asked if Julie can tell that she's piloting arrows. And she says that she wants to go back to Earth. Um, or, or maybe that it, it wants to go back to Earth. Um, and Miller says, we should, we should head to Venus instead. Um, he says, we can't go home. We have to go to Venus. Julie's just kind of quiet for a while. Um, and he tries to like just say this again. He's like, hey, we need to like he's like, if we go to Earth, then and she cuts him off. And she's like, it'll eat them too, like it ate me. Miller's <laughs> like, yes, yes, it will. And so Julie's like, okay, all right. We're not going to Earth. But she also doesn't know if she can do it. And Miller's encouraging her, and there's more. The blue fireflies start to pulse and swirl around them. Uh, Miller wonders if he'll have time to deactivate the bomb because he's wondering what will happen if they don't die when <laughs> they get to Venus, um, which is an interesting thought. Um, Julie says that she's afraid, and he tells her not to be afraid, and that she, uh, but she also doesn't know what's going to happen. And Miller says no one ever does. And continuing this conversation, Julie says that she can feel something in the back of her mind. She can feel the proto-molecule, and it's big, and um, <laughs> it wants something. Weird. And Miller just says, don't worry, we're going to be fine. That is the end of our Miller chapter. And they head off to Venus, assumedly. The mad lad's done it. He's Maybe. done it. He found, he? he found his proto-molecule. Uh, Reaping. Uh, Imagine you were taken over by an alien species, and this old man <laughs> mm-hmm. comes up to mm-hmm. you and starts 
caressing you and tells him it's gonna be okay. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound okay to me. Mm-hmm. But uh I guess it is. I yeah. think that hmm. I I don't know. Julie's been dead, right? So like yeah. I feel like if I was her and I hadn't really been like awake in a while and I had died, but then like there was a human, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like a little happy, right? Like I'd be like, oh, this is nice. Who's this guy? Maybe. I feel like I understand why she's not like horribly creeped out. So assumedly she can't yeah. move. And I think she's like wow. in a weird dream state type thing. Yes. Like obviously yes. she's not like fully conscious. So absolutely. Yeah, weird stuff. But he's he did it. What a guy. Mr. Miller. He straight up is just like, this suit, don't need it. <laughs> Come get it. Wild. Like, I am a tasty meal. What a boss. I You're mean, he's, the beast. he's gonna die anyway. So, but, <laughs> but yeah, he just gives himself up to the molecule. Let's him have it. Bold strategy, Cotton. It is bold, but he did it. Respect. But, again, the real hero of the story, Mr. Holden. Oh my god, is after back all on his that's... ship. The, Miller's just a weird dude who got lucky. But back on his ship, Mr. Holden is sleeping. And we're in a dream sequence. He's back on his family ranch. Naomi's there. Naomi's there. There's some cookies. Uh, everything's great. And he can't eat the cookies, but he can smell them, and it's the best. But then a red light begins flashing in the dream. Uh, which is weird. Uh, he goes outside. There's meteors falling from the sky. He's like, oh no, we didn't do it. We didn't save Earth. Uh, he looks back, and Naomi's being pulled in by tendrils. Am I saying that right? I've no, never pronounced that word in my life. Um, or even knew what this was. Apparently they're like vine-type things. They're just like climbing plant vine things. You've heard the word tendril before? No, zero times. I mean, compare it to tentacle, right? I mean, that's. I was thinking tentacle. Like, I'm pretty sure when I first read this, I just read tentacle and didn't even um, think about it. But then uh, tendril, I was like, what's a tendril? So, I mean, the way I think about this is like a tentacle, obviously, it's a, uh, it's part of a living creature. I mean, okay, tendrils too, but like, like a biological, what's the word? Like like an animal, like an animal. Um, whereas a sentient being. A tendril is maybe is more like plants typically, like where it's, it's something yeah. that's growing over things, and it like yeah, vines or tendrils, tenderly. Um, that's I mean that's the main thing that I would when I hear the word tendril, I think of vines immediately. Yeah, I, I don't. My vocabulary is very small. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, he's imagining the tendrils. Got Naomi. He looks down. They got him too. He's freaking out, uh, but then he uh, he wakes up and he's just strapped in his chair. Um, and there's a blinking red light saying that the Ravi is now targeting them with their targeting laser, which is not ideal. Uh, he, he, he reveals that he told everyone else to go sleep and he would take the first watch uh, and then promptly fell asleep, apparently. So not look not good for Mr. Holden here. He like, come on, man, can't fall asleep. Um, but he wakes up in time. The Ravi sends over a message. Mrs. McBride says, hey, prepare to be boarded. Don't do anything stupid. Um, and so it appears the Ravi had discovered, or the UNN had discovered the missiles had changed course and they were not too happy about it. 
so now the the Ravi has orders to, I guess, arrest Mr. Holden and his crew for uh, war crimes, which not not great. Although the the Rossi seem they've they've been over this before. The Rossi is the better ship, so they technically um, should win this fight if there were to be a fight. Uh, but Holden doesn't want to do that. He's he's Mr. Good Guy. He's uh, he doesn't want anybody to die, which. Yeah, you probably shouldn't want anybody to die. He doesn't want his team to die. He doesn't want the the Ravi to be blown up. Especially because they're not like doing they're not stealing the missiles malicious mal maliciously? Ma hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Malicious. Maliciously, there you go. Uh yeah, he's not they're not doing it maliciously. They're trying to just buy <laughs> They're stealing missiles as least maliciously as you can. <laughs> True. <laughs> And they they also don't end up giving them back, but hey, what are you gonna Brent do? Brent has slightly ulterior motives here, but that's all right. It's that's okay. fine. Um, so Holden tries to explain this to them, like, yo, it's still gonna hit Eros. We don't have control of the missiles either, so you're not really helping by uh, capturing or killing us. So maybe don't. Um, so Holden, that doesn't really work. McBride doesn't buy that for one second. It's a horrible argument. It's an awful argument. It, I, thank you, McBride, kind of, for not but. I mean, the better argument would be like, yo, our warship's better than yours. Don't do this. <laughs> we have the that? high ground. Don't try it. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, eventually it's like... It. Maybe he just says it to Alex. Yeah, he should have said it to her, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So Holden gets the team ready to go. Um, they're ready to, to fight, but Holden's like, no, we can't. We don't want to just go guns ablaze and, and kill a bunch of people. We're, we're going to try oh to get out of this. They never mentioned Without that it's that. like it's a UN ship that you can't just fight a UN fight and like shoot down a UN ship here in this situation. Yes, they can and get off fine. Oh no, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. Thinking afterwards they're gonna get just murdered. Well, I mean, not really. They're already like war criminals everywhere anyway. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like yeah, it's like uh, yeah, like murdering somebody. You're like that's it's not it's not an ideal move. Just murder. A military ship and have no consequences right now. Probably not. Probably not. So especially uh, when, when when this ship is the only contact that the UN. But it's has. life or death too. Like they're threatening their lives. So yeah, but it's. I mean, Holden I is right. Him. Holden is right here. To, I don't to think not so. Try and kill them. I think you should murder if somebody's trying to kill you. You have the right to kill them. They they just the UN just kills them later if they do that. Um, they, no. he knows that they can just kind of avoid things I mean bit. I don't know I, but Holden's not doing it because he's thinking about the big game he's doing it I know he he's not kill because people. he's dumb but that's what he should be thinking about no I I think it's an okay move to kill this ship and I, I, probably the We're better move than to try to talk him out of it because he almost oh, gets him killed anyway absolutely not absolutely not yes because they're gonna get fired upon anyway like it's a it's a bad move. Like he should just kill the ship. That he's doing the right thing, but for a, for a dumb reason. No, I think he's doing the wrong. He's thing doing it. He's doing it just reasons. because he doesn't want to kill them. But he should be doing it because he needs to be thinking about the consequences mm. of murdering a Dis naval. Agree. Yeah. Disagree. They're already Especially, war criminals. They're not, already no, they're war criminals. Yes, they they're are. Not. They have a stolen Martian ship. They are war criminals. They didn't, they didn't steal it though. It's from yes, they the did. Mars. Concert. It doesn't matter if they did steal it. Mars says they stole it, so it effectively that's fine, it's a stolen but ship. It's, They're war criminals. Way different than blowing up a UN ship. Hey, they it, fired at them first. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god. I think the better thing would just be to kill them. Like I horribly disagree. I like 100% disagree with you. 
That would be the worst thing. No, I, I, no, you gotta you gotta just kill people. That's how you go through. No, that. no. So anyway, back to the story. Um, what are we doing here? So he's he, you are again, doing a Holden thing. I'm so sorry. You're doing a Holden thing right now. Where what? This, you're not thinking about the the consequences down the line. There's no consequences that they don't already have. <laughs> there are there are already war criminals. The UN hates them. The Martians hate them. Everyone hates the UN, them. Yeah, I mean the UN does hate them for the missile thing, but there's no yeah they they're they're down Shit's Creek. They're not. I don't think that there's any universe might as where well they kill murder the ship and they end up in a better situation than what they are already in. They um well they don't have a ship firing at them, so yeah, I think. It is a better situation, but anyway, they 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 again try talking Mr. McBride out of it. He says, "Are you not taking my threats seriously?" He's like, "Oh no, I am. I just don't want to kill you, uh, or anyone on my ship to be killed, and I don't want to go to jail forever. So I'm not just gonna pull over and let you board us." Um, and McBride is not having any of it, and they start they start going hot. They can see this torpedoes tubes opening. Uh, so, uh, Holden tells Alex to, to get moving. So Alex starts doing some, what do you want, evasive maneuvers, trying to outrun them. And Naomi hits them, hits their radar with clutter. They jam their radar. Pretty cool. Uh, so they can't hit them with, I guess, radar-tracked missiles. But they can still shoot um, the point defense cannons and other, other uh, missiles that don't require radar uh at them and they do begin firing the point defense can cannons at them uh but the the rossi is or well equ well equipped and is able to outmaneuver them and get behind the ravi um and actually get a lock on them and the whole time holden's like don't shoot him don't shoot him and even though it's clear everyone else on the ship wants to shoot him which is funny but then all of a sudden, at the last moment, Eros appears back on the radar. And it, it looks like it's heading towards Venus. He's back. He's back. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so it's, it's back on the radar, heading towards Venus. Um, and everybody kind of cools their horses here. Which is lucky for the freaking people on the Ravi, because they're about to get exploded. Um, so yeah, they... Uh, Eros runs into Venus. Um, the team is now watching it from their from their couches, getting good and drunk on some tequila. Amos breaks out um, and doing a little celebration, just going back to Tycho Station. But then uh, Holden has to get all I don't know serious and like ominous, and he's like, "This ain't over." <laughs> like he points out, he's like, "They're the proto molecule's still up to something." This uh, this ain't done. And then Amos is like, "Dude, why are you harshing my buzz?" Which is fair, Amos. I I feel like I identify with Amos in a lot of situations I here. I identify with Holden. I'd what? be like, "This is fucked." Where this is? Oh, you gotta enjoy possible. it, man. You just won. You just stopped Earth from crashing into. Wait, arrows from crashing into Earth. You just freaking got a bunch of missiles from the UNN. You didn't die. They didn't get a bunch of missiles. They they talk about how they order what friends gonna do with all those missiles. Huh. I don't know. They did I wonder though. what he will do with all those missiles. They did get the missiles. Well, I mean they, they didn't, but yeah, they did. Yeah. 
yeah. Pico did, and they're kind of on the same team at this point. So, I know. What's yours is my our missiles. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What a thrilling ending to the story. We get some ominous things. We get some some cute. There's a little wait. There's a little um. There's a little. We talk. We got to talk about arrows crashing into Venus. Uh, what about it? I, I mean, a bunch know. of ships go in, it look does. at it. The Absolutely highly publicized events. Yeah. Yeah. It does crash into Venus and it breaks into a bunch of pieces. And yep. it's beautiful and it's unsettling. Great. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. It'd probably be yeah, pretty that's... fun to see. And again, this is like a while after because it takes a while. Like, it wasn't going to hit Earth. I forget how, how long it was going to be. They said a week it was going to yeah. take until it hit Earth. So, assumedly, it would take longer to a hit A little Venus bit longer. Yeah. Venus so, is further in. There are already people waiting there watching it, which is sounds cool. It's like going to the eclipse or something. People just like. <laughs> That's what I did one time. Yeah. that When that when there was that full eclipse that was coming through. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. When was it? You're one 20, of those people. That was 16, like 17. 2016 and a half. Yeah, something like that. I, remember I drove out through, up, I drove over to Wyoming. Um, oh, yeah, because you were in Colorado. The full, yeah, so I drove, I planned a trip around. I went over to the Grand Canyon, then up through Utah and up to Wyoming. And then nice. a shit ton of people from Colorado also did the same thing, drove north into Wyoming to get into the full eclipse path. And driving back south, took, it was like a four hour drive, it took me like 12 hours. Like it was brutal. Like, I, you could not get out if you didn't leave on time. So it was actually awful Sad. getting back. But uh, really cool to see that eclipse. Um, not as cool as Eros. Full eclipse. Yeah, well, that wasn't real, was it? Well, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> a little petty. <laughs> so we move on to our epilogue. epilogue. Mr. Mr. Fred. Part of book one. Epilogue. Point of view character. Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson. Here we go. New one. I love being on Fred's head. Um, our boy, Freddie J. Um, we get a little bit of an intro. Uh, former some... colonel in Earth's Armed Forces. The butcher of Anderson and Toth stations. Unelected prime minister of the OPA. He had faced his own mortality a dozen times, lost friends to violence and politics and betrayal. He lived through four assassination attempts, only two of which were on any record. He <laughs> killed a pistol-wielding attacker using only a table knife. He'd given the orders that had ended hundreds of lives and stood by his decisions. Amazing. That's our boy, Fred. Fred Ray Fred Johnson. Johnson. Uh, but he uh, is uh, nervous about public speaking. Which I relate to. Hmm. So um, he's talking to a secretary. He's got a secretary now because he's an important unelected prime minister. Um, she's talking about how General Sebastian is going to be at this reception. And you do not want to talk about General Sebastian's husband because <laughs> General Sebastian's husband is having a very public affair and she's very sensitive about this. And I would be too. And this is what you have to do. Politics. Mm -hmm. So. Um, He's hanging out on Ceres. He was escorted to his nice little room by none other than Captain Shadid, our our old friend. Um, and he's hanging out. He's getting ready to do... Uh, we've got a bunch of delegates from Earth and Mars. 
And the relationship right now is probably the worst it's been in a long time. It's better, obviously, than open war. But uh, relation the relationship between Earth and Mars is pretty hampered by the fact that a bunch of Earth-associated people helped Protogen and caused the whole war, essentially. So Mars is not super friendly with Earth at the moment. Earth also just lost all its nukes. So Earth a little okay. defensive, assumedly. Um, so uh, there's just a big rift. There's not a lot of friendliness happening right now. Um, and so Fred Johnson, our boy, he knows that you know if, if Earth and Mars can't repair this relationship, then we're going to have another war. Like There's going to be more conflicts later on. There are also Martian elections coming up in a few months, and Fred is worried. There's, I mean, there's two things that could happen. Either someone gets elected that either makes the situation much better and is and is for you know peaceful resolution of these things, or someone that makes it much worse. So he's worried about the Martian policies uh, moving forward after this election. So he is trying to help make sure that this is a peaceful situation. Uh, he wonders aloud. When did I turn into a damned marriage counselor? And hey, man, <laughs> I feel you, my dude. Um, and so there, uh, he asked the secretary for like, hey, well, so I need to know. Um, there's gonna be some protesters. There's gonna be some hecklers. No guns. Uh, blah 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 blah. You have two interviews scheduled with two political narrow casts and some news source based on Europa. Um, the Ask if there's anything new from Venus. And the secretary's like, something's happening down there. Yeah. Uh, which is ominous. No, 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 no. And Fred is like, it's not dead then. Apparently not, sir. Good. So, uh, and then he practices his speech internally. Um, and, lo and behold, he gets a call from the one, the only, James Holden. Our boy. Uh, and he's there. James <laughs> is there. And he's like, can I come in, please? And Fred's like, fuck, fine. Okay, whatever. Um, and so Holden kind of walks in and is like, hey, what's up? You're looking good. He's like, do you see what's going on in Venus? Two kilometer high <laughs> crystal towers. What do you think that what do you think that's all about? <laughs> Fred's like, uh, that's your fault, dude. Why did you tell uh, Miller to drive it into Venus? <laughs> uh and Holden's like, well, it could have it could have grew right out of the sun, too. Who knew? Who knows? Um not wrong and uh they're worried uh fred's like you might get sued fyi about from the people who own the property rights to venus uh if they can ever figure out who actually owns those property rights and holden's not too horribly worried about this um but what he does want fred to do is talk to the earth government about amnesty also the martian government about the rossinante and how it's theirs now and not Mars because he would <laughs> like to keep the Rasinante. Uh who wouldn't and so that's really a lot of this conversation and then we talk a little bit more uh, Holden talks about asks if he's going to bring up uh, bring up our boy Miller in his speech he's like hell, hell yeah I am like my dude he's a belter who sacrificed his life to save Earth like of course I'm going to bring him up like that's, that's, that's gold I've got to bring it up and Holden's like, oh, well, I want, 
you know, we should, you know, really make sure that everyone knows who he really was. Like, instead of just being some sort of building up to being some sort of icon that, uh, you know, where that isn't really true to like who he was. And Fred's like, do you like, do you remember what he was like? Like he was not <laughs> cool or fun to be around ever. And Holmes like, <laughs> I'm like laughing. He's like, yeah, he was, he's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> he's pretty, pretty shitty, wasn't he? <laughs> like, like when you guys weren't friends, like I don't, I kind of don't like this from Holden, honestly. Yeah. A lot. I'm like, well then shut the fuck up, you motherfucker. Weird. Uh, like, I hate you. Holden says he was a good man. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. Um, Fred's like, he wasn't, but he did his job. And now I've got to do mine. Um, Holden tells him to give him hell and amnesty. Nice. Gotta keep talking about amnesty. Um, and Frederick Johnson goes out to uh, say his speech. And there's in this room, there's a bunch of delegations, Earth and Mars, uh, generals, political appointees, secretaries, general secretaries uh, of Earth and Mars. Ooh. And, um, so assumedly, what's that fucking dude's name? Oh no, he's an undersecretary. Never mind. Who's the who's the first general secretary of the UN? Um, um, forget their short. On a blank. I mean, Avasaro is the undersecretary, right? Well, she's the assistant undersecretary, and then goes to undersecretary, and then and she goes to undersecretary, and then she goes to secretary. Yeah. Yeah, I forget who it is. I know who it is. It, I do too. But I, I can't can see that the true. name in my head, but it's it's that dude. It's the thing. It's yeah, that, that dude. dude. Not important. Not important at the moment. It will. It will be soon. Yes. Um, but he walks out, and he's um. There's a little bit of applause, some smiles, some frowns. Uh, friend grinned. <laughs> I love. I love this so much. He wasn't a man anymore. He was a symbol, an icon. Mm. <laughs> I love that so much. I need to take that confidence into my daily an life. Icon. You are not a man. You are a symbol, icon. Ben, True. do this. True. Um. And it says that for a moment, he was tempted. In that hesitation between drawing breath and speaking, part of him wondered what would happen if he shed the patterns of history and spoke about himself as a man, about the Joe Miller who he'd known briefly, about the responsibility they all shared to tear down the images they held of one another and find the genuine, flawed, conflicted people they actually were. It would have been a noble way to fail. And he starts the speech. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, we stand at a crossroads. On one hand, there is the very real threat of mutual annihilation. And on the other, he paused for effect. On the other, the stars. Mm. So good. Wow. That's the end of our epilogue. Wild. Good. Ominous. Well, Fred. Fred's the best. We don't even know what's about to happen. No, who could know? Who could know? There's a lot of stuff. Crazy. It's that. crazy knowing what's gonna happen. Being all knowing. I know too, I knew too much. What a book though. It's Not a good bad. book. It's great. When you're reading it for the first time, it's really like it's just like a it's a bingeable book. Like you really can't put it down. Yeah, it's really good. The way that the way that the the pacing is, the different arcs of this book. Uh, all the characters. It's it's a relatively small cast of characters. It's very easy to track everyone and get connected. I do to like that. Uh, yeah, it's a real. It's a page turner. And there's all there's like so much mystery in the first book because you, you're like, what's going on? I know what's you don't happening? get that in the later books. You really don't get it. The yeah. later books turn into something else. And whereas this first one is a very fun detective 
thriller. Obviously, because Miller's in this, we don't have any more detectives yeah. in the later. I mean, you do um, have a little bit of that. But yeah, this one's like, you're always wondering, like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a little bit more like, what, what the fuck going is going on? on? But there's less of just like, what is, like, what, they're, like, it's not yeah. the main focus of the book a lot of the times. Yeah, um, yep, for sure. Like in this one, which is part of the reason I really love this first book. Who's, uh, who's your, I already know the answer to this. Of but... course you know the answer. Miller. Duh. No, dude. <laughs> one, I feel like you could get hold in here because he freaking, one, he allows Miller to do his job. I feel like they Miller, should have a, there should Miller be a team thing here. To not ram Eros into Earth. Boom. Done. There should be a team thing here because, well, one, they were going to blow up Eros even if Miller didn't do it, so. And that was all thanks to James Holden. That was his idea. He also gave Miller more time to do his thing. What a guy. He convinced Fred to do his... He didn't kill the Ravi when he could have. Um, he did a lot of things. I think it yeah, should be a co-award for Mr. Holdy. I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously, Miller ended up... One, Miller shot into Venus, which was stupid. Two... Holden told him to yeah but it, all right this is like i'm doing the fox news defense right like he wasn't, if, thinking, he wasn't thinking clearly. you can't just take everything they say is real like no miller's, reasonable person should believe on, that like, miller is on 33 hours of no sleep holden's just like driving into venus and what is miller supposed to do so he's I'd supposed like, to use his that. brain to not do it he First, has the whole book <laughs> uh I Miller don't know. I I just think he could have did a better there. job there, but he did. Oh uh, he did convince little Julie not to run it into there. It's so good on him. I uh, just saved a few billion people. Thank you, Julie. I, maybe Julie is the uh, employee of the month. No, <laughs> it's not even real Julie. It's proto molecule. I mean, Julie. I mean, we're we're assigning. The we give him the proto molecule, the thing like, of the month. Julie's the one that drove it away. It was the proto molecule. Yeah, she saved it. Miller the convinced the proto molecule. Oh, oh, so you're saying that that wasn't Julie, even though no. it was an exact replica. I am saying that. Okay, well, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have some philosophists up in your grill. I hope so. I just think Colden should get his due. He did a lot of work this book, or this chapter, and this book. Um, mm, I'll think about it, but I don't. And he also I, has. Mr. Miller's back at the end there where no one else did, so. Yeah, but again, it feels hollow. It feels shallow no. to me. Mr. Holden is a great he, like, man. He hated, <laughs> he hated Miller for a long time. He hated him. Yeah, he, he killed himself partly because he had no friends. Hey. And that was partly Holden's fault. But in the end, Holden came around. After he That's died. That's all that matters. <laughs> It's like Darth Vader. Like, in the end, he came around. That's uh, so all that matters. Darth Vader is what you're. Anakin Skywalker. I don't think that's the comparison you want to make. Yeah, here. that's just, he's he brought balance to the Force. Employee of the month, Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, murdered three entire villages this week. Excellent, excellent Vader. I just think Holden gets his dues. He's gotten his dues. All right. Well, he needs this one too. I don't. Has oh, Holden yeah. won Employee of the Month? I don't think he did. Yeah, he has. We didn't give it. I didn't give it. Um, no, Holden has not won Employee of the Month. Well, he. It was Naomi. 
uh, slash Julie, then Havelock, slash... Why did I give it to Havelock? Maybe it wasn't Havelock. I said Havelock. I think you might have said Miller. Yeah, I probably said Miller. Um, then the third episode was Lieutenant Kelly. Fourth oh, yeah. was that Miller. Was that was the easiest one. Remember when it was just Kelly just sacrificing his life? What a yeah. great... What, an easy what if we didn't give it to him, then? And Boy. then <laughs> fourth was Miller. Fifth was Miller. Sixth... <laughs> yes, we'd love to see it. Miller slash Havelock. Seventh, Naomi. Yeah. Naomi. Yeah, on that one um and then eighth uh we have i'm gonna say miller slash bolden yeah i think this just reflects my i just identify with miller's decision making more than i do with Holden. unconscious bias this it, is, it is i don't gotta... disagree i don't disagree i i think that you're right i think that i do have an i think i have a very conscious bias for miller conscious bias that's even worse <laughs> all right well, anyway, I'm giving it to Holden, so we're they're gonna hold the trophy together. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. I as think that's, they should. How they should. How we should do it. They're gonna be holding a lot more together in the future. Well, not really, but yeah. Well, meta, meta, or metaphorically holding a lot more. You ready for Science Tuesday? Probably the least prepared Science Tuesday ever. Never been ready for Science Tuesday specifically. <laughs> This week on Science Tuesday, we're going to talk about some asteroids hitting Earth since Eros was going to hit Earth and then didn't. Uh, and arguably, there's a later point where this would be just as topical in the, the book series. But uh, we're going to do it now because we can. Um, so, yeah. Wait, what point later? Uh, oh, maybe that's a spoiler for you. Is it past five or is it in five? I don't know. Who's to say? Could be any time. Either way, we're gonna go over what would happen. What happened if asteroids hit the Earth? Um, So first of all, uh, every so often, uh, meteors hit the Earth. Actually, they hit it a lot. A lot of small ones that end up just burning. We were arguing about this before the podcast. Burning burning in the atmosphere. Well, it's not really an argument about asteroids. So there's a lot that hit the Earth. Every every few few often. So first of all, you gotta understand that if it's about an automobile-sized asteroid, it's gonna burn up before it reaches the the surface. So you need a pretty sizable asteroid to to actually make an impact. Um. So yeah, to keep that in mind. Uh. So they say every every two thousand years or so, a meteor meteoroid, which get a meteoroid means it it hits the uh actually it's just a small particle orbiting the sun but uh so every so often a meteoroid the size of a football hits the earth and that's like the ending size because obviously yeah yeah um the the ones as big of an automobile uh burn up but if they don't burn up all the way uh they'll they'll hit the earth which is what happens every two thousand years or so a a football hits the earth (laughs) football um and uh every few million years an object large enough to civilization comes along and uh hits the earth which is uh has happened we think when was the last one killed the dinosaurs uh you're you're asking me questions i don't have answers to i'll google it um 66 million years ago uh the asteroid that hit the yucatan peninsula um there's actually a crater that you can 
still see. Uh, we think wiped out 75% of life on Earth. The biggie. It's a billy biggie. Biggie. Uh, and we we know this as the, the dinor, dinosaur asteroid. It also wiped out a lot of mammals and marine animals, all sorts of animals. Um, but some managed to survive because we are here. So uh, well, I guess we're a little bit lucky. Um, but yeah, this does happen every so often. Uh, and is not good for, for life, because it's it's just a lot of energy hitting the earth, and bad things happen. Mm -hmm. Extremely bad things. There's a really cool map, actually. Where where did I? Of asteroid hits. Yeah, I on from is this from Wikipedia? I'm on the Earth Impact Database Wikipedia page, and you can click on this picture, yeah, and it highlights the some of the biggest impacts. Um, and their like area of effect. The the one that hit the Yucatan Peninsula is like the biggest one on this list. Oh yeah, or the biggest area of impact on this list. Another one, the, the next biggest one, or maybe maybe the biggest one is one that is Redefort that hit in South Africa. Oh um, yeah, I learned, I saw about that one too. It's also very very large. And then the third biggest one, Sudbury hit in Ontario, Canada. So we had a couple in North America there that were quite huge. Um, and up, up probably have left craters that are very big or impacts that are very big. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, the big thing here is that the impacts, they just have such large amount of energy, like energy of many nuclear bombs. Cause it's, it's just such a big weight. Um, and these things are moving at, thousands of miles per hour uh and then hit the earth and all that energy obviously goes into the earth and it messes with a lot of things it just uh first of all it, it creates like a shockwave that ends up like going around the world which is crazy to think about like if you're on the other side of the world you could feel the the wind of a meteor on the other side which would be freaking uh freaking wild yeah, it would be not good secondly since over um 80% of the earth is water. Like there's a pretty good chance that uh, it's going to hit the ocean, uh, which would cause a massive tsunami uh, and not, not be great for morale or life near the coast. Yep. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, also they're saying like the winds from this thing could decently uh, level cities, which would be not fun at all either. Um, yeah, it's a little scary to think about. Uh, and then also it, it would block out the sun a lot of times. They, they theorize that when it hits the earth, kicks up a lot of, uh, debris into the air and, uh, you end up with, uh, a very, not cloudy, but blocked skies, which, sky. uh, like plants and stuff need that, need that sun. A lot of stuff would die. So not, not good. Not, yeah, not I guess I didn't realize that the the one that hit the crater in the Yucatan is the one that is hypothesized to have mass extincted like seventy five percent of all plants and animals on Earth sixty six million years ago. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah, Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event. So uh, like it happened before. 
It's probably gonna happen again. Might happen again. You never know. Be afraid. You die at any moment. <laughs> Hilarious. But it's also uh-huh. probably a reason for like why mammals came up because like dinosaurs were were killing were, it. Before yeah, we were not gonna be able to take over. Dinosaurs. We were not gonna be able to out evolve the dinosaurs. Yeah, at that rate. So really, we we uh we love asteroids. And assumedly, assumedly, this massive impact changed the climate of the Earth quite a bit too. So that helped as well, probably. How big was this bad boy? How big was he? Was the one that yeah, the roughly uh, six miles? Oh, so that is insane! That is insane. So yeah, in Eros, I looked it up as like ten miles. So it would have been bigger than that. <laughs> If uh, in this book it would have hit, and then you have the whole thing with the proto molecule too, so it would not have been a yeah, great time. Uh, it would have caused the mass extinction, and then the proto molecule would have taken takes over. over. Not good. Not good. And it, like proto molecule only had like humans to work with. Like on Earth, it's got all these other biologics to work with. Like it'd be messed up. Yeah, that it would. It would probably build what's going to build faster, maybe or better. Maybe not. Who knows? Smarter, better, faster, smarter. On, on time, had a schedule. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty late. It's like two billion years late at this point. Wait, Weird. what is the next? proto molecule? Oh, that building array. Yeah, you're right. Wow, two billion. Oh, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think they already said that it, like, the civilization was. Two billion years ago, they sent this. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, you said another thing that you probably don't even mention. Oh, the yeah. Wow, spoilers once again. Uh, we said spoilers. They don't even. That doesn't even mean anything. I don't. I can still call. No it one out. knows anything. There's no rules against calling it out. When spoilers. You spoil spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, that was against the rules. Well, yeah. Do you have anything to add to Science Tuesday? Uh, this no. our laziest Science Tuesday to date. <laughs> I think we're gonna, we probably we might need to we haven't talked about this we might need to rework Science Tuesday. Um, um season. Yeah, I I'm, I'm not that into it. I don't think. I mean, yeah, we can we can figure it out. This this one was bad. Yeah, I agree. Horrible. I agree. We're sorry you had to listen to this. If you're still <laughs> listening to this, wow, get a life. Uh, yeah. Agree. Agree. All right. Well, you wanna tell them. Where they can find us? Tell them how it is. Yeah. Um, you can find us at the guys who did this on Facebook and Instagram. At the guys who did this on Twitter. No, the. You can support the show at the guys who did this on Patreon. If you have a question, correction, or comment, you can email us at the guys who did this at gmail.com. Yes, we, we are only funded through Patreon. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only way this. Podcast can survive. Um, yeah. That's it. Um, the music for this episode was Racing Light by Kilobyte from Night Mode Records. Very cool. Thank you, Night Mode. <laughs> You're welcome. You're not Night Mode. Who knows? If you were Night Mode, that'd be a big, <laughs> big betrayal. The biggest actually. anime <laughs> betrayal of all time. Would not be good. But yeah, that is the end of book one. We will start book two eventually <laughs> and it'll be great we also probably should do a question episode i want to do a question episode even if we, well, don't we do need questions, questions first but questions. yes we can do 
Yeah, just do it. All right, we'll do it. Here's a question episode. There's no questions. Oh, all right. It's over. The Goodbye. easiest quiz of all time. All right. Sweet. Signing off. See you next Goodbye. year. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Peace. And part two will start momentarily. Right now.